Welcome to The Daily Cut. I'm Christine Boy, a deacon here at Park Community Church from our Bridgeport location. Throughout the season, we wanted to create something consistent that would help add even a little sense of rhythm to life. And so to do that, we've altered our use of this podcast. And instead, we'll be posting a short devotional every day. We hope you'll join us and we'll enjoy listening. This is The Daily Cut, and I'm Christine Boy. Okay, friends, I want to start by saying that I am grateful to be here with you to share some reflections from God's Word amidst the important and historic moments that we are currently experiencing in our neighborhoods, our city, our country, and our world. I know for me personally, it feels difficult to focus on almost anything other than the unbiblical racism and violence our Black brothers and sisters so tangibly experience. With that said, I'm challenged and encouraged to continue to fix my eyes on Christ, especially when the weight of injustice and uncertainty weighs heavily on us. Last night was a beautiful opportunity for those in faith communities all around our city to join together in Bronzeville and peacefully protest racism, white supremacy, and violence, things that do not reflect the character of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and the things that break God's heart. What a powerful and relevant visual of progress in spite of opposition to have in our minds and in our hearts as we enter into our passage. Today, I am continuing our Acts series, focusing on Acts chapter 3 through 5 and the theme of opposition. As we read in Acts, the early church experienced much opposition from all sides, but continued to grow and multiply in spite of all of it. Imprisonment, threats of death, disunity, dishonesty. But alongside these very real hardships, God continued to show himself present and powerful through physical healings, miracles, unity, and growth. I will walk you through some of the highlights of these three chapters before I share three key themes that I saw with a few reflection questions and my thoughts on them. If you'd like to pause the podcast now to read chapters three through five, Acts chapters three through five, you may do so now. In chapter three, we see God revealing himself through the miraculous works of the apostles. Verse two, we see a lame man from birth was being carried to the beautiful gate to ask for alms or for gifts of those entering the temple. He was laid there daily. And in verse six, we see, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. We see John and Peter healing this man of this lifelong crippling experience. And he walks into the temple, worshiping God, praising him, And many people noticed, many people recognized him as the man who laid at the beautiful gate and they took notice. Chapter four, um, in verse 13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus, verse 14. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. All they could do was, verse 21, further threaten them and let them go, finding no way to punish them. And in verse 24, they lifted their voices to God. They prayed for courage and boldness, and God answered them by shaking the place that they were gathered and filling them with the Holy Spirit. In chapter 4, we see this opposition from outside of the church, from the high priestly family, the rulers, the elders, the scribes, and the Sadducees. 
Moving on to chapter five, we see disloyalty from within. Ananias and Sapphira. So verse one, they sold land. It was a piece of property and they brought part of that money and said that it was the full amount. Verse four, you have not lied to man, but lied to God. And Ananias fell to the floor and breathed his last breath. Three hours later, his wife came in and they asked her, was this the price that you received for the land? She said, yes, that was the price. And in verse nine, she was asked, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? She instantly fell to the floor and died too. Great fear gripped the church, but the apostle continued to heal many. There were many miraculous signs. All the believers were meeting regularly, but no one else dared to join them. More and more were brought to the Lord anyway. And in verse 17, the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. The angel of the Lord came in the night and opened the gates of the jail where the apostles were. The high council convened and sent for the apostles, but they were gone. All of the jail was completely empty. No one was there and they were perplexed. Um, So they actually found them in the temple preaching and they were rearrested, this time without violence because they feared that they would be stoned. And then verse 29 We must obey God rather than any human authority. Uh, The apostles were very clear that they needed to obey God and not human authority, not the rulers of this earth. So this in threat to the integrity of the church that we see in the story of Ananias and Sapphira, this one was from within. And in some ways, this was actually more dangerous We see clearly that God dealt with this way more severely as well. The offenders were struck dead. Ananias and Sapphira, the cost of lying for their own personal gain, crafting and preserving their carefully built reputation that was their life, was their life. (laughs) They lost it. So instead of simply embracing honesty, saying that they were only giving half or actually giving it all as they said they were going to, or frankly, not selling the land at all because no one required them to do that. We actually don't know for sure if they were believers, but even so, it was clear that God would have preferred that they'd done nothing at all than jeopardize the unity of the church with their carefully thought out lies that would elevate themselves and rob the community of the safety that should be in place within the people of God. So they died. So a few themes that stuck out to me from these three chapters. The first is embracing our empowerment. So our mission is pretty clear in scripture. A few facets that come to mind. Number one, to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. That's from Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Another, to radically love our neighbors ourselves. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. That's Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31. And then one of my personal favorites, to loose the chains of wickedness, to let the oppressed go free, to share your bread with the hungry, and to clothe the naked. Isaiah 58, verses 6 through 7. As Dan Osborne mentioned in Monday's Daily Cut episode on Acts 1, he said, we don't have just a mission, we have an empowering. Pastor Charlie Dates, a progressive Baptist here in Chicago, called um, 
during the sermon on past Sunday, he said, God gives us the breath in our bodies. That's the first wind. And then the second wind is the wind of empowerment. He gives that to us too. So not just a mission, but also an empowerment, a sending out that God himself gives us and the gift of the Holy Spirit breathed into his followers. The indwelling of the living God within us that we experience more deeply as a result of spending time with God. We see in verse 13, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Um, That was in chapter 4, verse 13. The second theme that stuck out to me, I am calling expressing our enablement. You might catch a theme here with the letter E. So the definition in the dictionary of enablement is the action of giving someone the authority or means to do something, the action of making something possible. And this is only God's doing. The authority we have been given by Jesus through the Holy Spirit to build his kingdom here on earth, to make disciples, to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth, this was his idea. We are just given the opportunity to be the concrete, visible expression of his design and his redemptive plan. So how do we express this authority, this ability to make something possible that seems impossible that God has graciously given to us? For the apostles in the early church, one way was through healing and performing miracles. Miracles. It was obvious to everyone that it was God himself that was the force behind the growing of their numbers and allowing them to thrive in spite of the religious leaders' attempt to stunt their growth by removing their voices and influence of the apostles. And the final theme is experiencing our encouragement, clinging to the truth in the midst of so much noise, opposition from within and without, both ourselves and the church. It can be super difficult, but we know that God is with us, and that is an encouragement. If it's the work of God, it simply cannot fail. So a Pharisee in the council and a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people paused long enough to reason with the council, acknowledging others who had followings, but once were killed and the movements then died. So in verse 38 and 39 of the message translation, so I am telling you, hands off these men, let them alone. If this program or this work is merely human, it will fall apart. But if it is of God, there's nothing you can do about it and you better not be found fighting against him. This is in in chapter five. So despite the mess that we as flawed humans often make that negatively impacts how people see God, if they trust or respect the big C church, how they respond to or view Christianity at large, he is still sovereign and his kingdom will prevail. We are simply invited into the work that God's already doing, which can be a great source of encouragement to us as we seek to navigate real opposition some as the result of sin within ourselves, and much which we cannot see at all. Ephesians 6, 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now I have a few reflection questions I'll invite you to think on and a few of my own thoughts on each. The first is, How can we pursue the filling of the Holy Spirit before we move or speak in boldness? We want others to say he or she has been with Jesus in the way they said that about Peter and John. It was only through the intimate time spent with the Lord that they they were able to perform these miracles in his name. The same authority and spirit that they were given by Christ is ours too when we receive the Holy Spirit and seek to listen for that still small voice. 
I believe it's critical that we pursue intimacy with the Lord, listening and stillness before Him before we step out in our own strength. The second question is, where are you tempted to obey man instead of God? When we know that there's a cost to speaking the truth, do we step forward in courage and boldness because we know who has called us and sent us? Or do we count the cost and choose to hold back in fear of what others will say or think, even if it means disobeying God? This is a very personal question to ask ourselves in the grace-filled presence of our God and confess the ways and times and places that we've given into this temptation. The final question is, how do we reflect the character and likeness of the God we claim to love and serve in ways that are obvious to others, even and especially when experiencing opposition? So I believe that we just don't have the luxury and privilege to step out of the arena or stand by when we grow weary or when it becomes inconvenient. Just like John and Peter, after having been arrested twice and having their very lives threatened just in these three chapters, they didn't back down, they didn't tap out. No, it was precisely then that we can, and they did, take a hold of the enablement we've been given through the Holy Spirit and step forward trusting that God has gone before us and will guide our steps when we are pursuing and carrying out His will, empowered by His love. That concludes our episode for today. Thanks so much for listening. I sincerely hope you're doing well. We'll be back tomorrow with another short devotional, so stay tuned.